Hello, and welcome to Quest, a vineyard church where we experience life as friends with faith through encountering God, loving others, and making a difference in our community. If you're new, there will be information at the end of this podcast where you can plug into Quest in person or online. Now let's dive into this week's teaching. We're going to wrap up our breakthrough series. Yeah, I know some of you thought we'd wrapped it up last week, but surprise, we didn't. But we're going to wrap it up today in a little bit different way that leads into our Lenten series. We have several people who are going to be sharing today uh, some of their thoughts on what breakthrough has meant in their life, what God's been doing and is doing, and challenging them to be a part of. Uh, you know, some of you, the, the whole idea of breakthrough, it was, it was easy for you to figure out. You knew right away one area or two areas in your life that you said, I want God to help me break through in this. I want to grow in this. For others of you, it wasn't very easy to come up with anything, and some of you just couldn't come up with just one thing. You came up with a whole bunch of things. That's, that's a little bit like me. I, I just couldn't come up with one area. There was areas just in general that I want to see more of God in. I have, I have a few bad habits. I'd really like God to help me break through and be, be a little healthier in those bad habits. I, I've been praying for breakthrough for family members, for staff members, for the church, for you. And I've been, even been praying about breakthrough for some dreams I've had that have been kind of dormant in my life for 10 years that I've been asking God about. Well, what's with this? I'd love to see this be a part of my life again. So I don't know where you're at, but the reason we chose this topic, uh, Jeremy and I and Wendy, were, uh, back in November, were actually drawn to this word breakthrough. Uh, now, you've got to understand Neither Jeremy or I like the word breakthrough. It's one of those pumpy words to me that just doesn't, I just don't like the word. I don't like being pumpy in life. I probably should be a little more that way, but I don't just, I just don't like it. Uh, and so it was really surprising to me that we were actually drawn to the word. We felt like God was actually speaking to us about bringing breakthrough in our lives. And we felt like he was speaking to us about what he wanted to do this year as he helped some of us face some difficult situations where we want to see breakthrough in and some of us to just to see dreams that we would love and desires that we've longed for to just be more fulfilled in our relationships and our workplaces or other areas of our life. We believe God is wanting to see in our lives a breakthrough for us to see more. And so we think it's really going to be a good year based upon what we feel like God's speaking to us as we pray for the, the church for this year. Collectively and individually, He wants us to experience more in our lives. Now, again, I want to be careful because maybe I avoid this too much, but I don't want to be a preacher of cliches. I don't want to be someone who just gives more motivational fuzzies. I want to really create an environment here at Quest where we can just really honestly deal with reality and where we are in life, and how the truth of the Bible really helps us practically live out life and live in the goodness that God wants us to experience. Because we know it's only in God's truth that we actually find freedom. We need to deal with what is real and what is true. So I don't ever want to be one of those preachers who gets up and says, God's going to bring a breakthrough for your life, and we're playing all sorts of music in background that manipulates this good feeling. But I do want to deliver today some stuff that's really practical that I think, and, and I think I, through this whole series, I want us to experience breakthrough Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I want it to be practical in every day of our life. And I thought it was interesting, uh, even after we chose this title, we were listening around the first of the year, there were a bunch of national and international Christian leaders who just felt like God was saying there's going to be breakthroughs this year for the movement of the kingdom, even in the, in the United States and elsewhere as well. And I just feel like God is doing something. And we believe God wants to bring more 
for us individually and as a church. God wants us to participate in even the bigger things that he's doing in the church as a whole. So, so before we go on, can we just pause and can we just pray into this for a second? Lord, whether it's been easy for us here to figure out what you want to bring a breakthrough in our life or whether it's been hard, Father, I pray that you would come. You would continue to come. And that what we feel like you've said over this year for all of us here would be a reality. That we would experience more of you. would see more of your goodness in our own lives. That, that you would work through us in a way that more of your goodness and your, your, your kindness would be shared with the community around us. That, that, that friends and family members would, because of what you do in our lives, experience their own breakthroughs to freedom and goodness and joy and faith. So, Lord, would you help us see whatever that looks like for each and every one of us? And even as we transition from this series, would you continue to allow this to be an ongoing thing in our lives, an ongoing prayer point, and an ongoing celebration of what you're doing? In Jesus' name, amen. So this weekend, we had the opportunity to do uh, leadership training for some of our leaders here Friday night and all day Saturday. And we were actually drawn to this training partially because, well, maybe because it's based upon what I think is the best illustration for what it means to follow Jesus on a day-to-day basis and over the course of our lifetime and how we develop and how we grow as people. It was all based around the Old Testament story of how Israel leaves Egypt and walks out of that slavery and into the promised land. It's the Exodus story. And this is really our Christian walk. We choose in our own lives when we follow Jesus to leave our own version of Egypt, uh, the enslavement to sin, the, the idols we choose to think are going to meet our needs but really don't, and we choose to leave them and choose God and His true goodness. And we go on this journey to this promised land, uh, the good life that we want here right now and the good life that we believe is going to be part of what God wants for us in the future. And that journey that we, as we walk through life, It's chock full with these kind of, let's call them being discipled times. These moments that God comes in and changes us and into who we are and and helps us to inherit more and live more daily in the good of the promises that He has for our lives. God leads us in a sense in our journey of following Him up to the edge of the promised land and He says, see everything. Look at it. See, it's all yours. And that's actually the good news. All of the stuff we see is yours that God talks about. The the challenging part for us is that you're going to get that all little by little. Because God can't give us everything all at once that he's promised because we wouldn't be able to handle it. It's really illustrated well in the Israelites' Exodus story because if they had gone in and inherited the entire promised land all at once, they didn't have the people, the systems, the economy to even support it. They would have been defeated. They would have lost their inheritance. They did not have the maturity to process and handle all the good God wanted to do through them. And, and, And that's really the honest truth with each and every one of us too. We all live in this place of process, every single one of us, where we are in process, constantly growing, constantly maturing, and constantly learning to trust God more and to be trusted by God more with His promises and walking into that promised land that we all long for, we all know is right and best and good. 
See, we've seen the past few weeks how Joseph, he, he was not able to be ready to handle the national, being a national leader right away. God took him through this process. And the good news of that whole story for us that should encourage us is what we can know is that even when we're in this process, when we are not yet matured, where we need more change, where we've not developed, where we're not realizing what we want yet, in those times when we're facing challenges and we feel like we're in the wilderness, we know that on the other side of the problem is the promise. On the other side of the conflict, God has good for us. There is something good that God wants each and every one of us to walk into. And we can rest in that. We can rest in that. Whether it takes a long time or it happens quickly, the promise is always there on the other side and it's going to come. Our job is simply to pull into God and allow Him to make changes in our lives, which is why we draw into this Lenten series. And we're going to focus more in this Lenten series on how powerful the life of Jesus really is and all He's done. And, and what we're actually going to talk about in this series is we're going, to, we're going to examine the questions Jesus asks. Jesus asks us questions, and, and these are key questions that He asks the people in, in, in His interactions that are recorded, but He's also really asking us those questions. And, and our response to those questions is, is a really a big part of how we mature and learn to be followers of Jesus. And along with this, each week, each message, we're going to supply on Facebook throughout Lenten season some additional questions each week to help us reflect and, and dive into this. Uh, one of the things that I think that easily happens when we talk about breakthrough and change in our lives is we get focused on the promised land, the thing we want to break through to, the goal. And we focus less on who gives us the breakthrough. I know for me that's true. It can be easy to seek the reward and, and forget to seek the one who gives the reward and let that be the priority. Matthew 6.33 talks to us about that. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness... And all these things will be added to you. So there's something that I think we miss oftentimes in that verse. It's one of the most quoted verses in Scripture, but I think we miss something. It's saying that it's His righteousness that we are seeking. It's not saying you need to become good enough. You need to earn the right to be in right standing with God. You need to fix yourself enough to get that right standing. It's God who gives us His righteousness. The right standing that Jesus died and rose again to give us so that even while we are imperfect, even while we are still in process, we can still be in right standing with God and loved and perfectly accepted as being completely right with God, even when we're not yet perfect. You see, seeking His righteousness is a relational thing. Seeking the person of God even more than we seek the result and the goal of the promise. And, and first and foremost, this journey to the promised land is designed to be a relational journey. The truth is supposed to lead us to relationship to the person and goodness of God. Today, we're going to hear from a few people on how God has been bringing breakthrough to them from an individual perspective and from uh, a breakthrough perspective for Quest, and even from a larger-than-Quest perspective, how God's been speaking and working through people. And, and so would you, right now, would you welcome Becky White as she comes and shares some things about how God has been speaking to her personally. Yep. 
last service I had to get Ross turned on. I couldn't figure <laughs> out how to do that. Um, well, Father, I want to thank you for this chance in these next few minutes. I ask that you would speak through me and that Jesus would be glorified. Well, if I could say in one sentence um, what my breakthrough has been as I've listened to this series as we're studying the life of Joseph, it would be to remember, to re-remember, to stop judging God by my circumstances. For some of you that know my story, you know that I've had a, you know, a lot of difficulties for decades. But right now, i got to say, my life is pretty darn easy. I have a fantastic husband. Uh, we have a wonderful home, good jobs, good health. It's, it's so easy. Except, there's always that except. Um, my, my mama's heart just breaks and aches for some of our adult children. We have seven grown children, but there's just a couple of them that are making some decisions that are so hard to watch. You know, they're just going towards that cliff, and you know it, and you just want to, you know, make decisions for them. It's so painful to watch. I pray. I fast. I get other hurting mamas in the same situation to pray and fast with me. But it looks like nothing's happening. Nothing is changing. I watch really close. I probably shouldn't pay attention to some of the details. I don't want to know. I, I always compare it to uh, watching sausage be made. You don't want to watch the process. It looks like a mess. Uh, but the end result is good if you like a good bratwurst or Italian sausage. Uh, and that's the way it is when I'm watching this. I look at it really close and I think, Father, you're not doing anything. And I'm judging him by my circumstances. I'm relearning that God's silence is not evidence of his inaction. And the way Ross said it a few weeks ago, he said that my circumstances are not a reflection of whether or not God is with me. That's what I took away from this series. And uh, I believe it's Genesis 37 through 50 is the whole story of the life of Joseph and those ups and downs and what God did in his life when it looked like nothing was happening. Many years ago, the Lord just kind of beat into my heart the importance of trusting him no matter what my circumstances look like. But now he's calling me to trust him with our children. And I got to tell you, that's a whole new level of trust. Many of you know what I'm talking about. But some of you have sausage-making scenarios yourself. And I just want to encourage you not to judge God by those circumstances, but to trust him and to rest in his faithfulness. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and some of you are here when Becky shared her story last, last year, year before I lose track of time. And you know... If God had been only seen by circumstances, she would not be where she's at. There's been so much amazing breakthrough in her life. But the reality is whenever we pray for breakthrough, whenever we ask God for things, whenever we have these needs that we want to see God in, sometimes it just doesn't happen very fast. And it's this peace that we have to find, even in the midst of it, the peace that we have to find just to trust God is going to be there even when we see nothing happening that he's there. God sends us with a mission in life that guides and shapes our lives into something powerful and good and we follow God and his mission for us and it leads us to breakthrough even if it takes a while.
Our next person should come on up, Sharon. Uh, Sharon leads our School of Kingdom Ministry. It's a nine-month school on, on hearing God's voice, but it's really a lot more than that. It's really about understanding who God is and who you are in God's eyes. And she also leads our prayer team and, and, and uh, they're leading our Ash Wednesday service for us. I'm really excited about what they've got planned. It's going to be a wonderful service this Wednesday. They also lead other special nights of healing services where you can come and you can just be unhurriedly prayed for and loved on and cared for and just let God come and touch you. Uh, they also go out and pray for people in their homes. And uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, through her leadership as well, we have more people praying for you and God's good in, our, in your life and through our church than I think we've had praying for people in this church or this church in the past 10 years. I am so, so thankful for Sharon and her leadership. She has this genuine passion to know God and see God work in power through us and our churches and our community. And so uh, we wanted Sharon to share a couple of things, including what I really believe is a prophetic word God gave her to encourage you to and invite you to praying and seeing God on a larger scale in his move in Columbus. So welcome, Sharon. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, several weeks ago at the School of Kingdom Ministry, we decided to try something new. We decided to do an art lab to see if we could encounter God in art. We'd heard of some other sites that had done that. They'd had powerful things happen. And so Jody Maxton led us in a couple of activations, and one of those was to just take a blank sheet of paper and ask the Holy Spirit to show you something while you're doodling. Now, I was completely out of my comfort zone doing that. I am not an artist. I don't doodle. That's not what I, But I wanted to see, can I encounter God in this way? I was really curious. And so there's my masterpiece, as you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> and as I was drawing it, I just felt like there were certain things that were supposed to be in certain places, but I had no idea why. And when I was done, I had no idea what it was. And a couple of us were in that situation. So we said, you know what, let's go home and pray about them this week, and let's see if the Lord will reveal what, you know, what we have. So the next morning I'm praying, and I get out my sheet, and I say, okay, Holy Spirit, what is this? And I just felt like the Lord said, That's a great outpouring of my spirit that's coming to Columbus, Ohio. That the yellow part of that drawing is Columbus, Ohio, and the fluffy parts around it are the heavens, and that the heavens are going to open over Columbus, Ohio, and God is going to pour out his spirit on this city. Those green dots are churches that are going to experience powerful manifestations of his spirit and powerful moves of God, and Quest is one of those churches. Mm -hmm. In the lower left-hand corner, that... Um, mass is Springfield, Ohio. And I felt that it's also going to have a move of God that's somehow related to what's going to happen in Columbus, but I don't know how they're related. And I was so, I was so grateful for what God's going to do in our midst, first of all. And I was so grateful that I took a chance to try and encounter him in a new way so that I could hear what he had to say. Because the normal way that I um, experience God and hear from God is through prayer. It's just, you know, years ago when I started seriously seeking God, that was what I did. I sat down, I prayed, I tried to learn to hear his voice. And so in 2016, in the spring, I had an interesting experience. I was praying and seeking revival for our church and revival for our city. And the Lord gave me this picture, and it was a dam. And behind this dam, there was all this beautiful blue water, and the dam had some cracks in it. And there was water sort of spewing out of the cracks. And I knew that those things, that water spewing, 
was things that the Holy Spirit's doing in our midst already. He is healing people. We are getting prophecies. He is touching people with his power and his presence and his love. And I was so grateful for what he's doing in our midst. I never want to discount that. But there's so much more that's available to us behind that dam that he wants to do in our midst if we'll just keep pursuing him for that. So I was encouraged to keep praying by that, by that vision. And fast forward six months after that, I took my family. We went to Urbana, Illinois. We went to an Awaken to Destiny conference with uh, Dr. Randy Clark and Bill Johnson. And one night I went forward for prayer. And as the man's praying for me, all of a sudden he says, you know, I have this picture and it's a dam. And he described in exact detail the picture that the Lord had given me six months prior. And I realized, you know what? I'm in a God moment here. God's trying to say something to me. He's trying to encourage me. And Dr. Clark happened to be standing behind the man praying for me, and he interpreted what that dream was or what that vision was. He said, the water is revival, and when that dam breaks, you're going to have revival. And I was really encouraged by that, so I continued to pray. Fast forward six months ago. It was September of 2018. Um, I'm in seminary. I was on a video conference call with one of my classmates, and at the end of it, I said, you know, can I pray for you? She said, sure. So I prayed for her. And when I finished, she said, you know what? As you were praying, the Lord just gave me this picture. And it's a dam. (laughs) And she said, there is this huge flood coming. And the Lord wants you to know that there are things you've been contending for. That there are things he's given you tastes of. That he's given you glimpses of. But that flood is coming and that dam is going to (laughs) break. I was like, yes, yes. Praise be to God. Yes, praise be to God. And I just want to just say a quick prayer that, that, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you that you're a God who speaks. And you're a God who foretells some of the things you're going to do in our midst. And we thank you in advance for all of the ways that you're going to move in power and the ways that we get to experience more of you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. I love the way Sharon is wired. She's, she actually is a business person, was an entrepreneur. She's, she's just unafraid to try to tackle things she's never experienced for and try to press in. And, and, and she's, she's one of the most teachable people I know. She just, she jumps in and she, if she feels like she gets it wrong and she just corrects. But I just love the passion for God and I love the fruit that God has brought through her as far as good things for us in prayer here. So just thank you, Sharon. If you actually remember back to the beginning of the series, I think it was the third message, uh, God, we talked about how God has many names. One of the names is Baal Perizim, which actually could be translated Lord of the Breakthrough. It's, it's this picture word of this dam that bursts and like a raging flood. And this is how you may recall one artist actually tried to paint that section of scripture. I, I found it interesting that Sharon had the same prophetic word and sense that we felt and then we talked to her later and she said oh by the way i had this and it was like okay god so i guess you're speaking to us to do a series that's got a title that i don't like so so uh we're in this as as we have been working through this breakthrough series not everyone has connected to an individual sense of breakthrough in their life some of some have actually connected more to god breaking through for us 
as a church. In fact, I think that's where Jeremy landed more in his sense of what God was doing through this series. I landed there a lot. And also Dr. Mary Lutz uh, sensed God challenging her to write down a message uh, that she felt like God was speaking to her and, and for us as a church uh, about what it means for us as a church to walk into what God wants us to walk into. So would you welcome Mary as she comes to share. Thanks, Coach. Good morning. This is Jeremy's microphone. It's his fault. A story sets the stage for our time together. My younger brother, John, loved to say new words because he liked the way they sounded. We picked out a new dog the morning after John attended his very first concert. John walked around the house practicing his new word of the week. Bravo! 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 And then laughed when our new dog would follow. The name stuck. We learned two things from Bravo about the jigsaw puzzles we would work on together. First... If a piece would fall to the floor, becoming separated from the rest of the puzzle, it would be chewed well beyond recognition. And we would never experience the joy of seeing that piece in just the right place. Second, each missing piece would leave a hole in the bigger picture. When we become Christians, when we decide to follow Jesus, we each become a small but significant part of a larger group of people called the church around the world. The word church appears 110 times in the New Testament, and although we often think of it as a place where we go on Sundays, it never once referred to any building. Church is translated from a Greek word that literally means to call out from among. So God has purposefully selected us to complete the bigger puzzle of his church by putting us together in a community of faith that we call Quest. Although some would say we go to church at Quest, really it's more accurate to say that you and I, that we are Quest. The Apostle Paul, who played a pivotal role on the team that established the church after the death and resurrection of Jesus, wrote about the church in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. Just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we will all baptize by one spirit so as to form one body. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Paul goes on to make the same point about the eye, the ear, the sense of smell. And then he continues, but in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you was part of it. In reflecting on this passage, I'm reminded of three things. First, we're powerless when disconnected. 
If you and I are parts of one body, to be separated from the rest of the pieces of the puzzle makes it likely that we will be chewed up in the dog-eat-dog world. We won't experience the joy of finding our purpose as part of the body. We cannot see the bigger picture, and the puzzle, or church, will be incomplete. Second, we each have to commit to the team. We promise to pray, give, serve, and support each other for the sake of Jesus who freely gave his all for us. We're like a basketball team employed by a general manager. The players are trained to do the work under the direction of coaches or pastors who see the bigger picture, build community, and provide instruction by interpreting the playbook, the Bible. Jesus told Peter that he would build his church on this rock and the gates of hell would never overpower it. And if you know anything about rock walls, you understand they're carefully constructed by a skilled craftsman or woman who has a vision for the bigger picture and is able to fit each of the rocks in just the right place. Jesus is building the puzzle of his church by carefully fitting together living stones, individually selecting people and placing them where they are most needed. Unlike bricks, which are fabricated or fake and boringly uniform, Rocks come as they are and are unique, just like you and me. Together, we have gifts that express the fullness of Christ's ministry in the church, and it is no accident that the needs that get our individual attention are often things that God asks us to do something about. I challenge you to think about what you notice, or even what you complain about, and ask God to show you what part he is calling you to play. Find your place by actively seeking to meet the needs you are aware of instead of waiting for someone to come to you. This will lead you to a place of service that is the perfect fit. Third, we need each other. There are times when we all need to ask for and receive help from others. Even though we're a community composed of individuals and families, it is impossible to reach our full potential on our own. Practicing our gifts in the body of Christ helps us to refine and develop what God has given us and even to recognize when we need help. I cannot even imagine a basketball team of people who practice only as individuals and never as a team. There's a story about a Nebraska farmer who invited a few friends over because his 17,000-pound dairy barn was under roughly three feet of water and needed to be moved over 143 feet uphill. No problem, right? His son connected a grid of steel tubes on the inside and outside of the barn, attaching hundreds of handles. After one practice lift and a loudspeaker, 344 volunteers slowly walked the barn up a slight incline, each supporting less than 50 pounds. In just three minutes, the barn was on its new foundation. If we share the load, awesome things can be accomplished for the glory of God and for the good of the team, but sometimes we need to ask for help to witness a miracle. In this series, God has called me to a deeper commitment to my role on the team, and I challenge you to ask God if he might be calling you to stop waiting for someone else to ask for help and take a step of faith. As we approach March Madness, people of Quest, welcome to the team, the body of Christ. 
God, our general manager, has chosen you to play on the greatest team in history, and the game of life we play counts for eternity. Be careful not to compare yourself to others. Never mistake anonymous for unnecessary, but work hard to develop the unique gifts that you've been given because you have been handpicked to be a piece in the bigger picture. Study our team playbook, the Bible. Listen to the instructions from the coaching staff, our pastors. Don't forget to take regular timeouts to catch your breath in this fast-paced game of life, all from the Holy Spirit, the source of your power. Always be ready to get in the game when your number is called, and remember, though some may be more visible than others, every player is essential. And though we're created to be diverse, we're called to be one. So work together as a unified whole because we win or we lose as a team. Above all else, have fun because we too play for the love of the game. We play for the love of the world. We play so that the world may know that we are the body of Christ and there's always room for more on our team. We play so that the King of Kings will say, Bravo. That's my team. And I just realized the reason I'm the coach is because I'm so old and I can't jump even by myself without spraining my ankle. (laughs) Declare his victory. In the ashes of your life, declare his victory. That's what He wants. That's what you want. His Spirit is here to do that. Press into that. Even when it doesn't feel like it, declare victory because He wants to bring that in your life. If you're here and you've got any prayer need you want, go ahead and come on down to be prayer. We've got our kids' prayer team. Can we give them a big round of applause? I don't know where I've mentioned. I don't know how often I've mentioned it. Where I've mentioned it. But so if I if I'm saying this again, just forgive me. But one of the, a few a few months ago, our kids' prayer team prayed for somebody who's had really terrible blood counts in an area of their life for over 20 years, like eight times the normal level, and it was not good. And they went back to the doctor, and the biopsy was completely normal, and the blood tests for the first time in 20 years went down to normal, to just a, just barely above normal. So, you know, I, none of us, don't ever go to the why questions. None of us can explain why healing happens sometimes and why it doesn't. Just press into it and keep pressing into it and love it when it happens and trust God when it doesn't because He wants to bring victory in our lives. So if you want to come down and get prayer, we've got some great people to pray for you. Can I just pray a blessing on you as we leave? Lord, I pray that even again as we stand before you and we worship, we are just so grateful that you provide so abundantly for us. Lord, we are provided for so well, and it is such an honor and a joy to be able to give back some of what you've given us to what you're doing through all of us, to bring good into our lives, to bring freedom into our lives, and to bring freedom to our community. And Lord, would you multiply that, not just through the money, but would you multiply our lives, the gifts you've given to our lives, would you multiply your goodness through us, that we would see your victory in our own lives, and that we would be able to work with you to bring breakthrough in other people's lives in our community, that we would be able to revel in your goodness this week as we are faithful 
to follow you and faithful to serve whatever you bring our way. So in that blessing of the Spirit going with you and the peace, go in Jesus' name. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you're loving Quest podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. For more information on Quest, who we are, and what God is doing here, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at GoToQuest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org. Thanks for listening.